Turn with me please to Romans the fourth chapter. Romans 4 and 19. It says, talking about Abraham, being not weak in faith, he considered not, everybody say considered not, his own body now dead when he's about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not, everybody say staggered not. Now reckon staggered not was connected with uh, considered not. <laughs> yeah, he staggered not because he considered not. Staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You don't have to turn there, but we've been looking at Second Thessalonians 1 and 3, where the Spirit of God through Paul commended them that their faith was growing exceedingly and their love was abounding. Faith is supposed to grow. Faith can be weak. Remember Romans 4? Not being weak in faith. He considered not. He staggered not. But he was strong in faith and giving glory to God that what he had promised he was able to perform. So, we covered talking about what it means to be weak in faith and why would you be weak in faith. And we're working to get to the place where we find out how to get strong in faith. Right? We want to eliminate the things that make us weak in faith. And then we want to do the things that make us strong in faith. Will that affect our lives? Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is how you please God. It's how you receive from God. It's how you resist the devil and overcome every temptation and problem. Faith. Every failure can be connected to a failure of faith. And every victory can be connected to faith victory. So he was not weak in faith, but he was strong in faith. He considered not, he staggered not. That helped him not to be weak, but to become strong. Go with me to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew 6, and in verse 22, we've been over this already two or three times in this series. And um, I was uh, actually trying to go on further, and the Lord dealt with me yesterday. Nope. Back here. So obviously, we ain't got this yet. And it's important. In fact, everybody said out loud, Father God, open my eyes and my heart. Help me to get out of this passage what I'm supposed to get. Show me what I haven't seen. Cause me to understand what I haven't understood. In Jesus' name. All right. Now we're ready. <laughs> Y'all are a good bunch to preach to. I tell you that, man, you don't, they don't get much better. The light of the body is the eye. The eye is the window that allows light in. 
You and I can see each other because there's light in here. But if you close your eyes, you can't see me, even though there's light in here. So you have to allow, and I have to allow, the access of the light. And uh, if your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. Another account said if your eye is good. Verse 23, if your eye is evil, evil means bad, we'd probably say bad today, your whole body will be full of darkness. So does it matter what you look at? And if you look at the wrong thing, does that affect the other parts of you? It does. If therefore the light that's in you or what's coming in is darkness and bad, how great is that darkness? Now notice how this flows into the rest. Verse 24. No man can serve two masters. So he's talking about looking at good, looking at bad. Either he'll hate the one, love the other. He'll hold to the one, despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't. You know, the prophet said to the people, how long halt ye between two opinions? If, if the Lord's God, serve him. If Baal's God, then serve him. You've got you to make up your mind. Because it's going to just chew on you until you make a decision. Well, what, what is that? What is that? That is staggering or wavering. The word stagger in Romans that we just read, it's, it's the same thing as in James, wavering. It's back and forth, back and forth. And, and you can't do that indefinitely. And at some point, you're going to go, i got to forget about that and do this, or vice versa. Well, if you pick the wrong one, you're in trouble. Verse 25, back up to verse 24. I heard that come up in my spirit. People have said, I can't make a living and go to church and do all that stuff. Wrong choice. Bad choice. And folks will find out about it. You can't serve God. And mammon is money and, and what money can do personified. Money is a great servant. It's a terrible God. You can use money to do good. Help people. But if you serve it, you have a a cruel taskmaster and it can never be God. Verse 25, therefore, do you see how this is connected? He's not changing subjects. Therefore, talking about what you look at, the light of your eye, talking about not serving two masters, therefore, I say to you, take no thought. You will see this phrase. We're going to read the whole thing. You'll see it again and again and again and again. If the Lord said it one time, it's important. If he said it twice, it's really important. If he said it a half a dozen times, what should you be saying? You need to make it two feet tall and post it somewhere. Is that right? Because this is a very big deal. What's a very big deal? Take no thought. Now, that means anxious thought, worried, fearful thought. Do thoughts matter? A little bit? 
How much? How much do thoughts matter? Hold your place here and put up on the screen for us. You don't have to turn there. They'll put it up for us. Romans 8, 6. Romans 8, 6. It says, for to be what? Carnal. Carnal is fleshy. We'd probably say fleshy today. To be fleshly minded is what? It's it's bad. It's not good. It could hinder you. It's not a good thing. Death is quite a bit stronger. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it matter what you think on? How much does it matter? It is a matter of life and death. Do most people believe this? Not at all. Not at all. Most church going people don't believe this at all. The enemy has convinced most people that what we think about is not that big of a deal. As long as you don't do it. You really didn't mess up too bad. Because, you know, everybody thinks all kind of stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> you just see the looks I'm getting across the cover gate. People are going, yeah. Others are going, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Does it matter what we think? Yes. Does it really matter? Yes. How much does it matter? It is a matter of life and death. If you think on the fleshly stuff only, it'll minister death to you. Death. If you think on the spiritual things of God, it ministers to you life. And he added another word. Peace. And this is an indicator that all of us can use to see how we're doing. How's your peace level? Because that reveals how well you're doing controlling your mind. What is it Isaiah said? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. So it is possible to keep your mind stayed on him. It is. It is. Some folks don't think so, but you believe the Bible or you don't. Some years ago, I was ministering to a, a lady who had been in and out of mental institutions for years, had terrible problems with her mind. And uh, endeavoring to minister to her, I was a young minister, didn't know much. I'm not saying I know a lot now. but And the Lord prompted me, give her Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, today we've got the whole word of God, will not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it night and day that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. Then you'll have, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Well, being stuck in the mental institution is not having good success. And so I, I began to talk to her and she just, she just interrupted me and blurted. She said, you can't do that. You can't think about the things of God night and day. You can't do that. Now she's only saying what a lot of other folks thought. 
Well, I didn't know what to say to her. I didn't know how to respond to that. And from the inside, thank God for the Holy Spirit, came right up to my mind. I said, sister, it's not a matter that you can't think of something night and day. You're already thinking on something night and day, and it's put you in the institution. It's not, can I think on something night and day? We're already thinking on something. He's just saying, think on what I told you instead of that. Think on my spiritual things instead of the fleshly stuff. And if you're all bent up, if you're all full of fear and full of anxiety and hopelessness, and you got no peace and you got no joy, it's obvious you have not been keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. You have not, because if you had a been or I had a been, we'd have peace. So it's obvious what we've been thinking on. You can look at our face. You can hear the tone of our voice. See what we've been thinking on. So the next thing is people will look at you and say, I can't help it. If you're in the mess I'm in, you couldn't help but think on it either. And this is what we've got to get to the bottom of. Is that true? Or is it a lie? I can't help it. These thoughts are coming to me. These, th- these thoughts of temptation. To lie, to steal, to have an affair, to adultery, whatever the case might be. Uh, they, they, they bombard me. I, I, can't, I can't quit thinking them. Is that true? I keep thinking about dying. I can't quit thinking about dying. I, I, I just want to quit. I want to kill myself. I, can't, I, I wish I wasn't thinking about it, but I can't quit thinking about committing suicide. Is that true? Or is it not true? Can't quit thinking about committing this crime. I can't quit thinking about. Are we helpless victims to thoughts and feelings that come to us and come on us? Something a lot of people have never got settled. One of the greatest things you could ever get settled. Go back to Matthew 6 or maybe you're still there. Jesus said, now this will set you free right here if your ears are open. Matthew 6, 25. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, what? Stop. What did Jesus say? Let me, let me ask over here. What did Jesus say? What did he say over here? What did he say? What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Jesus. What if the head of the church was standing right here where I'm standing? And he's looked at you. And he said, don't take that thought. Would you look back at him and go, I can't help it. I can't. I don't want to think it. But it just comes and I'm just going, oh, no, 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 but it just won't go away. Friend, this is powerful. Jesus said, don't take it. What does that mean? It means I don't have to take it. It means I don't have to take a thought. I said it means... 
Jesus wouldn't tell me to do something that I couldn't do. He would know if I wasn't able to do it. He's not unreasonable. But he told, he didn't say, try. Do your best. What did he say? What did he say? An anxious, worried thought about I might not be able to make my house payment. I might not be able to pay the utility bill. might not be able to feed the kids. Anxious, worried thoughts. He didn't say they're not going to come. The implication is they are going to come. If they weren't, he wouldn't have to say. Don't take it. It's going to come. Because you live down, you and I live down here in the world where it's full of the curse, where the devil is the God of this world. And you got all this stuff everywhere. It's going to come. Thoughts, feelings of fear, worry, anxiety, doubt, depression, intimidation, defeat. It will be thoughts will be brought. Tell me the good news. Come on, help me, help me out. I don't have to take them. I don't have to take them. Somebody say, I don't. I don't have to take them. Is it true or not? Is it true or not? This is some of the best news we've ever heard in our lives. I don't have to take it. Keep reading. Jesus said, Take no thought for your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, for your body, what you put on. Is not the life more than meat or food, and the body is more than raiment or clothes? Behold the fowls of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Animal rights activists will tell you no. (laughs) Where did that come from? <laughs> but Jesus said you are better than a bird and worth more than a bird. I'm going to go with the master on this. I'm gonna... <laughs> Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? By what? By, by taking an anxious thought. When did you ever receive a thought of worry and fear and it helped you? Helped you pay your bill. Helped you get healed or better. Helped you work out your problem in your marriage with you. Never, never. It's never worked. Why keep doing it? It's never helped. Why keep doing it? Not only does it not help, it makes things worse. It robs you of your peace and your joy. And in that clouded state of mind, you don't know what to do. Let's stop it. Let's quit. Now, when you say that, what would a lot of people immediately say? I, I try. I try not to, but I, I, just, I just find myself and I've just thought about it all day. And, no, honey. Just because it was brought to you did not mean you had to take it. You took it. And you shouldn't have. And you got to quit. Look at your neighbor. Help him out. Say, stop taking them bad thoughts. Stop it. 
Stop, stop taking those bad thoughts. <laughs> Man, I can see why the Lord put us back in Matthew 6 again. I mean, we, it would be foolish to assume we've got all this, right? Thank you, Lord, for putting us back in Matthew 6. Again, we'll stay here for a year if you want us to stay in Matthew 6. Wouldn't waste any time. 28. And why take ye thought? He keeps talking about thoughts. For clothes. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. I say to you, Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? What was causing them to be of little faith? Well, what's he talking to them about? Quit taking the thoughts of fear and worry. That's what's causing them. That's what's preventing them from developing into great faith. Thank you, Lord. Verse 31. Therefore, in case you didn't get it the first few times, what? Take no thought saying. This is the big indicator that you took the thought. You're talking about it. Why? You can't think about it for very long and not talk about it. It's going to come out of your mouth. Yes, it will. You know, and it's not too hard, most people, to see what they've been thinking about. Amen. They'll tell you. <laughs> Pretty quick, one way or another. They've been thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. It's going to come out. And when you're talking about it, it's obvious you took that thought. So when you're talking about how bad things are and how scared you are and how you just don't think you're going to make it, you took the thought. The enemy brought it to you and you just took it like you had good sense. <laughs> Which is a dumb, dumb thing to do. Why? Because it ministers death to you. It's like somebody showing up at your door and they say, look, we got some botulism. We got some plague. We got some this and that. Here, have some. And you go, Okay. Somebody say, dumb, 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 dumb. Got some poverty for you. Got some dementia for you. This is where folks mess up and they miss it. You got this. It's incurable. You got just got to live with it. Do you? Do you? How about all things are possible? To him that believes and nothing is too hard for the Lord. And he already took all our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. So when the enemy shows up with it and goes, here, I got something for you. Well, this is my lot in life, I guess. Oh, God, help me to bear my burden honorably. That's believing lies. I said, that's believing lies. If he went to the links and paid the price he did to get it for me, 
why shouldn't we enjoy it? Come on. If he had wanted me to be sick, why did he take my infirmities, bear my sicknesses, carry my pains? If he wanted me to be oppressed and depressed and confused, why was the chastisement of my peace on him? No. No. I don't have to take it. Somebody say, we ain't going to take it. <laughs> uh, you, you, you ain't going to take what? Now see, we're talking about the stuff, but see, the stuff is connected to the thought. The reason you wind up with the stuff is because you took the thought. When you take the thought, it opens the door for the stuff. Ah. And that's why the enemy has worked so hard to convince people, oh, the thought ain't no big deal. Ain't no big deal. You know, you ain't doing anything. It's just, it just some thinking. Nobody knows. Sounds like him, don't it? Sounds just like him. Truth is, God knows every thought. The psalmist said he knows our thoughts are far off. One translation says, to him we are an open book. He perceives our thoughts from a distance. Does it matter? Proverbs says the thought of foolishness or the foolish plan is sin. How can that be? A thought is sin? <laughs> Uh-oh. Got t- Got too quiet. Why? Because people that committed these crimes. How did it start? They had a thought. They had a thought. Jesus talked about committing adultery with somebody in your heart. Because you made a decision to just look and lust. And imagine. Do thoughts matter? Is God aware of our thoughts? Does he care? Does it matter to him? Yes. And thinking on the wrong thing allows death into our lives. Oh, but thinking on the right thing is life and joy and peace. Hallelujah. And freedom. You'll know the truth. It'll make you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Somebody say, take no thought. Take no thought. Take no thought. Take no, don't take it. And don't take it saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Who are we going to get the money for the insurance? How are we going to get the money for the the school, for the kids? Where are we going to get it? How? How's the church going to make it to the next quarter? How? We're going through the summer slump. (laughs) I'm quoting somebody else. You'll never hear me say that about our church. (laughs) Going through the winter slump. Whatever it is. We do amazing in the winter. And we do amazing in the summer. And the spring. And the fall. We do amazing through it all. And you can't make me say anything else. No matter what I'm seeing. Because I believe in the power 
of our words, what we say. But a thought would come. You've been coming up short. You've been coming up short. What's going on? Not as many people coming. What are you going to do? One of the devil's favorite phrases. He has sent a little imp to come whisper in your ear on your shoulder. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? That is an anxious, worried, fearful thought. Come on, tell me what you do with it. What do you do with it? Don't. Don't. It's dangerous. Don't take a thought. There are thoughts, if you take it, it's just as serious as swallowing a poison pill for your body. Because it will contaminate your faith. It'll feed your fear and override your confidence. It'll blind you and confuse you. There are thoughts that are straight out of the pit. They're from hell. They're from the devil. Tell me again. I don't have to take it. He kept on saying it again. He said after all these things the Gentiles seek. The Heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. But seek ye first. You seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And in case you didn't get it. The previous times. Verse 34. Take therefore. No thought. Don't take it. Don't take it. For the morrow take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil there. There's plenty of stuff to deal with when you get there. Faith doesn't fret. It just doesn't. If you're fretting, you're not acting in faith. You're worrying and fearing, not acting in faith. Jesus would go to sleep in the back of the boat. In the middle of a storm. Wouldn't he? Peter. Sleeping like a log. The night before his execution. And you can't sleep. Because of a couple hundred dollar bill. Or something somebody said about you. Or didn't do about you. Say that like I ain't going to take it. <laughs> All right. I ain't. Ain't gonna take that that thought, that fear. Go to Second Corinthians, tenth chapter. I want to talk a little bit about God's thoughts. We have a book full of God's thoughts, and this is wonderful beyond words. The Lord said, and most of you are familiar with it, Isaiah 55, 7. The Lord said, let the wicked do what? Forsake his way and unrighteous man his thoughts. What got him into trouble? What got him down the wrong path? Thoughts. What do they need to do to get out of their problem? Quit thinking those thoughts. Forsake the thoughts and the way that the thoughts produced. Let him return to the Lord and he'll have mercy on him. And our God, for he'll abundantly pardon. Is it true? No matter how messed up you got in your mind, are you thinking, will God have mercy on you? Will he forgive you? He'll take you back. 
He'll wash you, clean you up. Is that right? But if you want to get free and stay free, it's not just a matter of getting somebody to pray for you or getting God to forgive you. You've got to control what you think on the rest of the day and night and the next day. And it is a continuous battle. I wish I could tell you something different. But right now, you have a, an option to focus your mind on what's going on here. Or you could be thinking about something on the other side of the country. Or fried chicken. <laughs> Is that right? Or the work you got to do tomorrow. And if you are, if your mind is there, then what's happening here is having no effect on you at all. The thoughts that you're thinking have effect on you. Not the environment you're in necessarily. Which proves you can think on whatever you want to think on. You can completely ignore me. Can't you? You know you can't. I'm not asking for a show of hands. I just... You, you know you can. You, you can even look at me and nod once in a while. And your mind be completely on something else. If you can choose not to hear me. You can choose not to hear the enemy. And the Lord kept telling people. Don't forget my ways. Don't forget my words. Don't forget my laws. Forget not all his benefits. Why would he say that? Because you can. You can forget him. You can forget going to church or praying or the Bible. You can forget anything he said. You're going to tell me you can forget God and you can't forget the devil? No. You can forget what you choose to forget. Oh, here's another great one. The power of forgetting is in our hands. People will tell you, I just can't forget what they did to me. I can't forget how I messed up. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. I can't show my face over there. I can't go back to church. I can't go back to work. You could if you forgot it. <laughs> but, I, but I can't. Yeah, you can. I can't forget you're, you're lying to yourself. You took a lying thought. You can forget it. We've been made in the likeness and image of God. You know what he said about all your mistakes and all your sins? Do you know what the Lord said about all your mistakes, all your mess ups and problems and sins? He said, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. That's right. You believe that or not? He wouldn't lie to you. That's right. He can't lie to you. So what does that mean? He said, I'm not going to remember that. So when you bring it up to him, he's going to say, what are you talking about? You're made in his likeness and image. You can do the same. Now, I can feel people thinking right now, well, I don't know about that. The word's true or it's not. The thing is, when you make a decision to forget about something, that's not the end of it. It's going to come back to you. The thoughts, the feelings, they're going to bombard you. But when they come, tell me, come on, tell me what you do. Don't take them. I mean, refuse 
to ponder them, refuse to talk them. If somebody else wants to talk it, no, no, no. We ain't talking about that. And I didn't say that all the feelings or thoughts would just disappear overnight. But if you'll keep every time it comes up, you go, no, no. And you change the channel and you get on something else. After a while, you'll go days. Not even think about it. After a while, you'll go weeks. After a while, you'll go months. Not even think about it. Something that was just tearing you apart. Not even think about it. Oh, friend, this is victory. This is this is victory. Glory to God. Every one of us has had things in our life that chewed on us. That bothered us. But the solution is so simple. Anybody ever see hee-haw? <laughs> this is an interesting message today, isn't it? You ever see hee-haw? It was a... There's a TV show that was on back in the 60s and 70s, I guess, 70s, 70s. And who was it, Archie, that played the doctor? And they'd come in and say, Doc, it hurts when I do that. And what would Archie tell them? Don't do that. Well, don't do that. If you go, Brother Keith, it hurts when I think about that. Well, don't think about it. <laughs> Quit thinking about that. Quit, yeah, but I can't help. Now you believe in a lie. You believe in a lie. And if you choose to believe that instead of the word, you've taken the thing that will minister death to you. Instead of set you free. <laughs> Every time I think about it, it just tears me up, Brother Keith. Well. Quit thinking about it. Quit. Could it be that simple? Could it be? Cast the care of it over on the Lord. Is that right? And do what he told you to do. And let the peace pass his understanding. Keep your heart in mind. And it may try to come back to you a hundred times before the day's over. But what do you do? You refuse it every time. You reject it. And you keep doing that. After a while, you'll go hours, you know, eventually, and not think about it. You'll go days. You'll go eventually weeks, eventually months. You'll be free. I said, you'll be free. (sighs) Glory to God. (laughs) Somebody said out loud, my mind is my mind. And I don't have to think on anything. I choose not to. This, what we've been describing, this is real spiritual warfare. A lot of folk have imagined a lot of other things, but this is it. 2 Corinthians 10, are you there? 10 and, uh, what is it, verse 3 or so? Though we walk in the flesh... We don't war after the flesh. So thinking about those fleshly carnal thoughts is not going to help you overcome. Because you don't war after the flesh. People have imagined doing spiritual warfare. There's people that's put on fatigues and boots and they've got to the highest hill and and screamed at the devil for hours and imagined that they're doing spiritual warfare. (laughs) But sweat and yelling and fatigues and boots is flesh. 
Unless something's happening spiritually, it's just a bunch of noise. But the biggest battlefield is between your ears. That's where it is. And that's what he's talking about right here, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, again, that word fleshy, but they are mighty. We do have some, and they're powerful. Through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, don't let your mind run off on a tangent. That's not even a period there. Read the rest of the, the phrase. How do you pull it down? Strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down what? Imaginations. This is where the battle is. If the enemy can't get you to think on what he wants you to think on. He can't get you to say what he wants you to say. He can't get you to do what he wants you to do. He's locked out. But if he can get it all starts with the thought. A lot of times they're accompanied with feelings. They go together. Thoughts and feelings. They go together. It's a package. And they're real. They're spiritual. They're real. They can be powerful. Being in the ministry, leading ministry, pursuing revelation. Man, there's times I've been doing so great and all at once, such a horrible feeling come. And such terrible thoughts. And the enemies wanting me to think it and yield to it and begin to get down or begin to imagine wrong things. He's trying to mess me up. He's trying to hinder the church and the ministry. And then the big thing is I got to recognize this and go, no, no, uh uh-uh. I'm not yielding to this feeling. Well, where'd this feeling come from? I was doing so good. And then all at once, uh, I just feel yucky. Well, don't be a baby. Just because you feel yucky doesn't mean you have to think yucky or talk yucky or act yucky. Spiritual people can feel yucky and shout hallelujah. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Spiritual people can feel draggy but override their flesh. They can feel so weak, but they stand up and let the weak say, I am strong. What you're doing is you're refusing to take that feeling and thought and you are opposing it with the word of God. What do you do? Come on, read the verse. What do you do? Casting down imagination. Cast is a strong word. It's not you took it off the shelf and you laid it somewhere else. Cast is akin to throw or knock. I like the word slap. You ever wanted to slap something? <laughs> I saw a lot of head nodding through the crowd. Well, don't slap people. Flesh and blood ain't your problem. It may seem like it is. What's the problem? The problem's the stuff coming from the enemy. And what if, what if our parents had done this when the devil came and said, nah, to Adam and Eve, you won't really die. No, no. God knows. You eat this fruit, you'll be like him. What, what if Eve had backed up and said, what? What, what did you say? 
You calling God a liar? Is that right? When the enemy brings things to you that directly contradicts the good word of God. A thought that tries to push itself on top of one of God's thoughts. You need to get sassy. You you need to break up on the inside. And you need to slap that thought down. You need to slap it down. You you may not be healed. Bah! Say say what? Say you you may not get your money. Ha! Bah! <laughs> you may not be able to work. So what? What? <laughs> Casting down, knocking down, slapping down. Hallelujah. Because these thoughts are persistent. They are persistent. They will come sometimes scores of times a day. And you better slap it down every time it comes. And not let it start taking any root in you. Slap it down. Why don't you just kill yourself and end it all? Slap it down. Don't you sit there and think that. What if you don't make it? He always causes me to triumph. Is that right? He takes care of me. He supplies all my needs. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. With long life. He'll satisfy me. Show me his salvation. That's God's thoughts. Keep them in your mind. Keep them in your mouth. What do you say? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Can you see this struggle? What God said, what the enemy said. Encapsulated in these thoughts and these feelings. And it's up to us which one we choose. That we're going to listen to, that we're going to believe, that we're going to meditate, that we're going to talk, that we're going to act on. Casting down. Knocking down, slapping down these imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity. The thoughts matter. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. I was preaching on some of these things some years ago and a guy came up afterwards and he said, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, I know what it is. I said, what? He said, every mind needs a bouncer at the door. (laughs) Maybe he spent some time in the clubs. I don't know. But but he's right. Is that right? When the thought comes, you need to go, huh? Who are you? (laughs) How do you know who to let in? Talking about letting into your mind. How do you know who gets in? Philippians, go to Philippians. I'm going to give you who's on the list. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you who's on the list. And if they're not on the list, come on, give me the answer. If they're not on the list, they don't get in. You don't get in. And they say, yeah, but I, I always get in. Everybody lets me in. You go, I don't care. You don't get in here. You ain't on the list. Philippians 4 and 4. 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. And again, when it's convenient. What? 
Do you always feel like rejoicing? No. No, you don't. You're supposed to rejoice when you don't feel like rejoicing? Yes. That was three nods and a right. I said, are you supposed to rejoice even when you don't feel like rejoicing? Are you supposed to rejoice? This is the faith life. You don't live by your feelings. Rejoice in the Lord all way. Again, I say rejoice. Keep going. Let your moderation, that word means sweet reasonableness. The Bible does not say all things in moderation. That's a fabrication. The Bible don't say that. <laughs> Somebody's gears are going. The Lord's at hand. Verse 6. Be careful for how much. That means worried, fret. For what? Nothing. Nothing. Are we to take this seriously? Is it possible to live day after day and you're not worried about anything? Is it possible? If you obey the Bible. What do you do instead of not worry? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And you don't have to tell him 500 times. He knew it before you asked him. And the big thing is to ask in faith. Believe in it's his will. Believe in he heard it. Believe you receive. Verse 7. And the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. That means everything around you. Should indicate you should be distracted and worried out of your head. But you're not. You got peace. Other people in your shape have given up, have lost their mind, have done all the kind of stuff. But not you. You got peace. And it's unreasonable peace to folks that are looking on from the outside. It passes understanding. And it will keep. That word involves the idea of guarding. It will keep and guard and sustain your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Man, with his peace and his spirit, you can make it through anything. Anything. And not just survive. You can overcome. And at the end, thrive and come out better than you ever were. It's possible. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, when you do this, here's the list. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The Bible tells you what to think on. So here comes a knock at the door. <laughs> Who are you? I'm not true. Uh, uh, you can't come in. What? Who are you? I'm a bad report. Oh, no. No, no. no. See, you got to be a good report. To get in here, you got to be a good report. <laughs> Is that right? No, you get on out of here. You go. No, you ain't coming in. You're not coming in. Huh? 
Who are you? I'm ugly. Oh, no. No. See? It's got to be lovely. Lovely. Ugly. You ain't in. You don't get in. No. No. Uh-uh. I'm reading the list. Oh, friend, if we would take this seriously, it would change our lives. It'll change our lives. The scripture said, don't give place to the devil. And so many folks are waiting for something with horns and a pitchfork to resist. But he's subtle. In fact, he transforms himself into a being of light. And so he never comes as the devil. Never. He's, he's crafty. He's tricky. Yes. So he brings thoughts. He brings feelings. And the thing that is always consistent about them is they always, somewhere, somehow, they contradict yes. what the Lord said. Right. Yes. They contradict, which is why you, you need to read your chapter. Is that right? Every day you need to come to church. Why? Feed and fill your spirit. With the word of God. So that you know his will. You know his revelation. His words. How did Jesus uh, resist the devil. In the wilderness. He brought him thoughts. He he even quoted some scriptures. Didn't he? Why? But the Lord quoted scripture back to him. And did not receive it. In other words. I ain't taking that. I'm not taking that. I'm not believing that. I'm not listening to that. I'm not acting on that. It is written. It is also written. Hallelujah. And that's what kept him safe. And how he overcame every attack. And came out the Bible said. In the power of the spirit. Hallelujah. And that's when the miracle started happening. Oh glory to God. And as soon as you and I. Quit listening to these wrong thoughts. And feelings. And slap them down. And cast them down. And resist it with the word of God. We'll begin to see miracles. We'll begin to see provision and the blessing exactly what we need. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. Stand up everybody. Glory to God. Thank you Father. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.